Hello, this is John Smallwood, Senior Wealth Advisor with Smallwood Wealth Management. And today I wanted to dive into something that I think would be very helpful for a lot of people. Eddie, it is John Smallwood. How are you? Welcome to the podcast. I'm good, John. How are you? Good. So I've been talking about the nine core principles of navigating pressure for a while in different formats over the last 15 and 20 years of doing this. And you've been working with me for about 12 years now. And when you came on as a client, this process wasn't really formalized the way it is today, but the conversation had been there. And and I wanted to kind of pick your brain about that experience. And I wanted to to, you know, as we evolved this and became a more formalized process, you know, what you're hearing from from people as far as uh, pros and cons and about the conversation and the aspects. And then I want to dive into some of the aspects of this navigating financial pressure, because we know financial pressure comes from so many different locations, so many different spots in a client life. And now in, in the you know, midst of what we're going through, we're seeing a lot of um, different financial pressures or more exaggerated financial pressures in a lot of cases um, mm -hmm. in time. So the floor is yours, young man. So we obviously knew each other and I, 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 I kind of knew what you did, uh, but most of my career was on Wall Street since I was uh, – actually a young man going to college and all that, I, I've been working on Wall Street. And um, I ended up, I did a lot of different things, and but for majority of it, I ended up on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange and was a floor broker. So, um, and we, we started talking, um, I think it was around 2007. And, and we started working together with my, my, my plan, and um, and I can say that you know I've I've worked with a few people before that. Um, the the conversation was different um, because and what this not pressure financial pressure guide gets to is that when we started talking about me, it was about more of a holistic. It was a macro approach. It was. It wasn't so much. Um, I've got some. I got some accounts, John, and I want you to manage them. Well, it was. It was deeper than that, and so we started working together, and that was what kind of drew me to you uh, when I really realized that was the conversation. You know, um, so when we got started, we started working together, and then um, I got basically downsized in my position as the floor was getting more and more electronic and we started, you know, you pulled me aside and said, why don't we go have breakfast and let's go talk. And I said, okay. And you kind of said, what about working with, with my dad and I, and I'm like, I could see that because the conversation wasn't, Hey, I'm going to go out and, cold call people basically and try to sell somebody a product okay that's not what this has always been about this has been about strategy and 
So I, I think my exact words is, oh, I would I would work with you in a heartbeat just because that made sense to me. Going through this process made sense to me as a person who was developing a financial plan, had different goals and different things I needed to get done for my family um, and get through, get through some things in our life. You know, let's take, let's call it, let's college for the kids is one of them, you know? So. Um, yeah. At that so moment, we, you had a lot of financial pressure on you. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, there's financial pressure and all the other stuff that goes on. Um, so. Cause I think, you know, here, here I am, I'm coming from the, the wall street side. So, you know, investment, investment, investment is, is pretty much the conversation, right? Um, and I had gotten some protection pieces during the year, just and it, it was your typical, typical thing. Like somebody says, you need to go do this and go do it. And I, you know, I think I got a disability policy, and I still have it, but really didn't know why I had. You know, I knew why I had it, but didn't really know anything about it. And, you know, so, you know. So we we start working together and and this conversation, you know, when we sit down and we start doing the exploratory work with, you know, a new client and then even existing clients that still it really circles back to that. But when you and that exploratory work is this financial pressure guy, because when you really start talking to the client and asking some really key questions, um, it's really about them and what's going on in their lives. And these nine core principles all are part of their life and their plan. And it's specific to them and unique to them. Um, there might be similarities between people, but everything, there's always some nuances, personalities, whatever the case may be. <laughs> there's always a difference. a dog so, and a house and a mortgage, it's still different for you and your neighbor, it's still different. Yeah, many years into the mortgage, I may be two years into my mortgage, and my neighbor's eighteen years into the mortgage, eight years into the mortgage, something like that. You know, yeah. it's always different. It's there's always, and you know, so um, yeah. as as we go through this process, and you know, and I've learned it more and more, and, and you know, it's ingrained in me. Um, and at the time, if I take a step back, when when we first started working together, you know, I think it was it was really encompassed in in a plan a, a planning software that we were using at the time, and and it and that was that was really important because it really it brought that was what was bringing out the conversation, but it was complicated. So as we evolved, you know, you and I. And our relationships and our and our with our clients have evolved. This has really bore itself out to be, especially right up front when we we start talking to somebody, and it's a half hour conversation. Sometimes it goes longer, just depending on the complexity of the conversation. But when when people start having the conversation, and you and they realize, you know, it's not about, oh, how much do you make? Oh. And, and you know, the person on the other side of the phone is probably thinking, well, he could probably invest a lot of money and I can get, you know, so much going into an account every month. It's, it's so, and it's, and that's what happens in this industry is, you know, these things, yeah, you fall I, into I, these I, little I, traps, right. You know, and it's like, and it's terrible. 
you know? meeting with here's my great product or here you know buy this and it's there's no conversation and oh you got five hundred thousand dollars let's let's go invest it and here's my hammer to go invest it nothing yeah. about the color behind the human being and the family and the, and the whole dynamics right and and you may that may end up be one of the things that gets implemented but it's not it's not leading the conversation and and i think that's the important part of this because you really you really got to understand them you got to really understand what's going on and every again everybody's different um i i you know i've had i've had clients say to me how do you know to ask that question or how do you know I, I, I do certain things and I, I have them do certain exercises where we're, where we're getting involved. And there's reasons why I ask that because I need them to get to a place where they're actually changed their thinking because they've been, there's been so much thrown at them over their lives, whether it's opinion and bias or bad experiences, you know. And so when you start walking through this guide and these principles, and it bears itself out over and over each conversation. This is the starting point, and then it really grows off of it. And so, yeah. you know, everybody kind of they get where we're going because they realize, like, okay, he's really. That's why you know they said, "Wow, you know, this is a very it, it's an in depth conversation without having a lot of detail. <laughs> you don't need to have the exact numbers, you know, right? Like, because because the numbers don't really matter." And it's that, like, you, it's not like we have 900 questions that we're going to force you through, right? right? Like, how you got to that question was a result of question two, three, nine, 10, and 11 being, you know, triggered. Like, that next question triggers a thought in your brain that asks that question. And that question, that question has never been asked to that person that you're talking about. In the and way it's funny because... I'll go through the set, you know, we start talking about the different, we'll call the nine core principles. And I'm, I get, I'm on the second core. And because of a question was answered there, I actually go back to number one, the first core to, because it got me thinking about something else that maybe I did, I did maybe either didn't fully understand, or I wanted to ask a deeper question. And it's usually the right. slip, the letter. And, Correct. and it's, that, it's that clarifying of when you ask, a question later on about something else you got to go back and understand did i really understand what you said earlier correct right you know that it's that and i think i think one of the things that was a big shift when a little bit after you joined us i don't remember exactly when it was but the way the financial services industry has been designed is like there's this pitch about you know how great we are Here's all our good stuff. Here's everything that we do. And you should want to do business with me. And we had, you have all these like pitch books about us. And that's how the industry works, right? Mm. And I, and I, and I don't remember where I was, but I remember coming back from somewhere and going, I am so sick of that because it's really not about us. It's about the client. It's about that conversation. If we don't understand, then and I always position this as this this wealth curve conversation, navigating financial pressure. It's about you. And if in that 30, 40 minutes that we spend together, we're not 
talking about you. We're talking about how great we can be for you. That's a waste of your time. It's a waste of everybody's time because I really want to know, can I help you? And if I can help you, I want to work with you. And if I can help you, you know, you need to, we fought, you know, you need to find somebody else, but it's that the success comes from opening up and really talking about the core. Uh, the funny part too is, and you're right, because I, I usually position as like, I need, I need to understand and, and get to know you better. And during this process, you're going to get to know me better and you're going to find out whether I'm the right person for you. And not because I'm sitting there going, I'm, what I do is great and all this. I think it's just by the questions I ask and and how I'm, I'm really structured at looking at you. And I think they realize I do have a vested interest in really wanting to help them. And that's ultimately the goal, right? And then it's funny if you're if I, if I sitting here thinking about it when you're what you were just talking about, it was that usually at the end of the conversation, as I'm wrapping up, they're like, they're, they're more, they're concerned about how I'm going to get paid. And I haven't even brought it up. I haven't even talked about it. It's not, you know, <laughs> I am my priority list is more, I need to find out about you. That's my priority, you know? And, and I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. This is how it works. <laughs> if you really, you know, you know, but it's never, right. it's never the focal point. It really isn't. It's like, you know, and I'm laughing because it's, it's it's funny sometimes. It's so funny because what I what I what I learned over the you know like this month May fourth, which is this is April twenty eighth, where we're recording this, May sixth or seventh, thirty years ago, I you know I graduated from college and I joined the industry, and you know I've been on this journey for thirty years and. You know, when I graduated college, I thought I was very, very knowledgeable. I thought I knew how to solve all the world's problems. Um, and, you know, I entered into this financial services industry and I, I was a very, you know, it's been a very interesting 30 year ride. And I think, you know, that what what that event, whatever event that was that I was at said, I came back and I remember talking to you and saying, we do this anyway, but the meeting ends up being like two hours to open up a, a new client meeting. So we're talking about ourselves, then we're talking about the client. And I said, I think I remember saying to you, we're just going to we're just going to start with the conversation. We're not going to talk about ourselves at all because you can read my website. Like you can, you don't need you don't need me to talk about myself. We can talk about ourselves later, but. That's not the important thing. And I said, let's just start doing this. And in our, and we started doing it not only with new clients, we started doing it, which we're always doing in the reviews. Our reviews were always based upon, hey, what's happening? And I think that change point for us really, to me, uh, the whole process and the whole working with clients became a lot freer and a lot more enjoyable because you were no longer positioning yourself as you know the end-all be-all financial advisor and we're gonna you know or here's my miracle product that's going to solve all your problems i've you know you and i've never believed in that that's always been my thing it's the coordination of, of the products and this so some observations from you know my whatever it is whatever it was 20 plus 30 plus years on on the street and then coming over, and so I'm sitting here, and 
like the reason why I'm I'm bring I'm going to say this is because you, like you said it's it really don't talk about us like uh, usually when I I I'm you know I'm talking to somebody new I'm always like you really want go to my website and, and go look and you're going to get a really good idea about about what we do and how we do it and then we can, you know and then you've had questions let's talk about it but because when you look when you look at the website there's 50 plus podcasts on there there's 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 kind of full transparency in what we're trying to do and how we do it and the reason why i said i came from being 20 30 years on the street and then coming over i was always you know you protect you you know you, you got to protect your, your intellectual capital to this and what i've learned in the 12 or 13 years now is that um and you taught me this it was that we put it out there we share it i sh- you know when we go when we're at these conferences and we're, we're with our peers and and you're sharing everything with them and which was a total 180 for me like I'm like, wow, why are we doing that? Why are we? <laughs> I don't, I don't want them to know. I'm, you know, I'm unique. I'm special. That's not what makes us, you know, what makes us unique and special is how we interact with our clients, how we day to day service that client, you know, um, how we're really looking out for their best interest. And I, and I've said this to you a million times. I think a lot of people, the right people that get into this, this industry are, are in it for the right reasons. They're, they're usually in it because they want to help people. It's, and, and if you're there for that reason, the, the monetary compensation that, that comes later and it, that takes care of itself. But if you're coming from the opposite where the, the compensation comes first, that it is glaringly obvious in, in our industry. Everybody knows that, right? You got you're getting cold calls and getting pitched at the miracle product, as you said, or this and that, this it's ridiculous. It's, it's really ridiculous. So when you, and people don't know. The problem is people don't know differently. I can tell you, like, I wish I had the level of knowledge that I at at 25 and 30 years old and had some guidance of that I have now, you know. And but you couldn't get to where you are without all the <sighs> let's just call it mistakes, setbacks. You couldn't yeah. be as strong. You, you couldn't be as strong as you are now. Right. All I mean, right? I have I have I'm really happy. My nephews are working with me, all three of them. And, and I was like, so happy because I'm like, Oh, I am going to impart on you guys stuff. I wish I knew. And, 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 you know, so I'm happy for them. I'm happy that, you know, they, not just it's me and I'm giving them this great knowledge. It's just that they're going to get a different view than what most people get in this industry. And, and again, it's not, because oh, we're so wonderful and great it's just the way we go about doing it is just a little it's different it's you know and 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 the reason i'm doing this series of podcasts and i'm putting out this you know navigating financial pressure guide right the nine core principles in you know we're in the middle of covid-19 we're in the middle of another financial crisis that continually repeat themselves over and over again and one of the things that i wanted to do was I wanted to get this conversation out to more people so they could benefit from it. The podcasting concept, the distribution, the download, the guide, it's all free, is 
you, you have to get with somebody that's going to give you this conversation. And I, and I, and I wanted to do this podcast, you know, the last one that I did, this one and, and this series of podcasts to let people understand, like, you need to have this conversation with somebody, whether it's your brother, it's your father, it's your sister, it's your wife, your financial advisor, it's us. The, having this conversation and, you know, we in the guide, we have this uh, wealth curve pressure identifier form that we've created, which was basically, you know, it was in our head. We were doing this conversation every day. And I said, let's organize it in a way that I think makes the most sense. And let's start with the most important thing that has the most amount of impact on everybody's lives, which is the unique dynamics of your family. Right. And I think that. When you start to think about, like, if you're working with your nephews, right? Well, it, it's, or you're working with your father, right? Or you're working with your uncle, you're working with your brother, you're working with your, with your next door neighbor. The dynamics of the family dictate the finance, you know, what's the, what I call financial pressure in the plan. Now, pressure is both positive and negative, right? So, yep. So you think about it, you're married. Well, how long have you been married? Um, are your parents here? Are they are they assets? Are they liabilities? Do you have to, you know, are they living, you know, with you? Tell me about your spouse's parents. Um, are your kids? The siblings and the, and the dynamics between the siblings. And you, that's a could be an hour conversation. <laughs> right. And, like, and, and the, you know, that chemical makeup that dna mix of all those personalities has an impact on the financial strategy that could either dramatically enhance or dramatically derail the plan mm -hmm. <laughs> especially right now what we're seeing is i'm hearing of people you know well we all know about this like hey mom's moving in because you know, she doesn't have enough assets or I got to help her out with an apartment or, you know, that's something that's not factored in to your financial strategy. And then all of a sudden you got a thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars a month in outward expenses that you weren't planning on. That has pressure. That's going to create a, you know, a reaction somewhere else in the plan. But without knowing, you know, do you want to have a wedding for these kids? Do you want to have sweet 16s and bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs? Um, you know, what's the college going to be like? Is it going to be, you know, it, it really, that conversation about the family really gives us the insight of how a person feels about their family, how they want to protect their family, how they, you know, what their obligation or what their role is in that family. And I think that conversation has unlimited opportunities with inside of it of conversation, meaning who knows where it's going to take it. Yeah. I mean, I'm dealing with so many people now where, you know, parents are in their eighties, nineties and they're, and, you know, people fighting about stuff that's not even shouldn't be thought about at this moment. Um, you know, there are, you know, how many people have we talked to? Well, I have a special needs kid. And then you're like, okay, well, what are you doing with that special needs kid? And how that kid's going to be cared for if you're not here? And, and they're like, what? 
you know, or, oh my God, I've been wanting to get to this. I just so busy that I don't have time for it. Um, a lot of the recommendations coming from the dynamics of the family and sometimes protecting you from the family, you know? Mm. Yeah. Uh, and it's tough. Because it, it, it all stems. It, you, a lot, you know, like I said to you, I think early, early in the podcast, you know, it's like people, you know, that's, that's the lead, you know, the first box that we talk about. And I joke, I never have enough room to write all my notes and I'm a no. note taker. So, you know, I laugh, you know, I always, I have to have a separate piece of paper. I've got it written all over the place. It's that important. Right. But I, early in the podcast, we talked about, you know, you end up talking to somebody and then right away, they want to know how much you make and, you know, what assets do you have, which is later on, you know, I think it's, it's box number seven or something. You know? um, that's important. That's really, that's really not the driver. This When you really, when you think about your about your life, and if you really what you value, then maybe some people value their assets more than their family. But I think most of the people we work with value their family more than their assets. You know? I say all the people that we work with value their families more than anything else. But that's you know some of them don't, some of them don't. But um, well, I'm saying, well, you may run across somebody that maybe you know at, some people are very focused on assets. You know. <laughs> yeah, true, true, So but, I think when you start talking about it's very clear how the family is going to put that financial pressure out there. And, but then there's the, you start talking about, you know, you mentioned income and I, I, I'm, you start thinking about where the income comes, how the income is paid. You know, are you self-employed? Do you have business partners? Now that expands that family conversation because, you know, the business partners become, they're either, you know, they're extend, the extended family in so many words, right? They're like, they're on the outside of the family, you know, where are, where are those, and they're directly impacting that. And then one of the things I'm most concerned about right now is the resilience of that income stream, you know, where is it coming from? Is it breaking down? Can it be broken down? What's going to cause it to be broken down? Um, and that that's a really important part of the conversation in light of what we're doing right now with navigating pressure is, you know, if you have pension income and you've got strong guarantees and um, great, if you're a business owner and your revenues are, you know, are halted because you're shut down and your liabilities are high, as a result of it, that's going to put pressure in other places, and and how you how you prepare for that and how you weather that storm is something that when we design the plan, we need to understand where this income comes from. Not to me, I don't care if it's two hundred thousand or two million. It that's or twenty million. We've seen all those incomes. We've seen twenty thousand. Um, it's not so much the income. It's let me understand where it comes from. And and how resilient it is, and and then we can really make a good plan. I mean, so many people that we've been talking to, um, that I've been talking to, new people over the last you know two and three years, don't really have as as we all hearing on the news the rainy day fund. Um, we have that's one of our big important parts of, of our process is making sure that the liquidity is in place. So that if the resilience of the income backs down, you have some backup. Um, and, you know, but that whole, 
diving into the income, there's so many nuances within the income. Yeah, and it's funny, as we were talking, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about 2008 and our current environment. And back in 2008, the business owners, it wasn't it wasn't an earnings issue. A lot of it was a credit line issue, right? Because the financial uh, financial structure was breaking down, and you know, or potentially breaking down in the country, right? So, you know, credit lines were being held up, and this and that. So, how how do you fund your business? It's the same. It's the same problem, but different. Coming from different places, it's still you know. Now, well, my business, I, I'm not earning. You know, my 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 lines are okay, and I'm getting. I potentially have some access to some federal plans, but you know, there's but pressure. It's the, same, it's the same type of thing. So. Like, like connecting to the PPP loans, which is a brand new conversation is, you know, is that enough for the business owner to keep the business open to get to the point where they can get back to, to making money? Um, so having, you know, having those conversations with them and then, like you said, the, the rainy day fund or this and that, you know, I mean, um, there's been a lot of a lot of news out about you know a lot of companies bought back stock last year and that, you know maybe they didn't they used up their rainy day fund instead of being better capitalized it's the same whether it's it's a you know billion dollar corporation or it's a smaller business it's principles are kind of the same it's you know I, I have a client that you know years ago sold the business and the husband passed away and you know. The, the revenue is still flowing from that buyout, but you know it's an important part of this person's cash flow. But they're playing games with the revenue all all the time, right? right. So it, you know it's when you start thinking. You know our job in this is really understand where does it come from, where does the income come from, how's it derived? Yep. Where. Where does it? What causes it to break down? And in a lot of cases, you know, my focus typically in normal environments is how do we make it bigger? <laughs> you mm. know, like right now I'm a bit more in a preservation mode, but I'm also for the business owners and the people that are, you know, this is a fantastic opportunity to dramatically leverage the income that you receive from doing what you do. And I'm having those conversations with a lot of people, whether they. You know, if they're in sales or they're working with companies, there it's a fantastic time to rethink how am I going to reinvent myself for the next ten year period? How do I take my business and make it more efficient? And that's the thing that you know, when we start getting into the business owners, their financial pressure, financial leaks, right? There are there are leaks in your personal plan and there are leaks in your business plan. And those leaks are bigger in the business normally than they are in the personal plan. But a lot of times right. they're, they're the same leaks. I mean, I'm guilty. I looked at some of my leaks recently because you know, I had a little more time and I'm like, that leak is happening on both sides, in the business and personally. Mm. Stop, you know, stop, stop, stop. Um, well, it's funny, you know, through this, this recent uh, situation environment that, you know, as stress is put on, whether it's the personal plan or the business plan, you either can do nothing or you can address it. And when you start addressing these things, then you could start coming up with solutions. And it, at least knowing about it is a better thing. You know, we've always, you know, yeah. that's what having this conversation 
and then making listen you're having it with you know potentially you or i right and and we talked about this there's the accountability and you're you know yes you could have it with your you know you said earlier you're gonna have that conversation with your spouse or maybe if you know one of your parents you know somebody you trust but you know when you really bring it out and, and let's say with us you know we have no we have no uh, what do you call it you know emotional attachment to it yeah exactly <laughs> like we're, we're just looking at it you know and a lot of times and you know this too is as, as we're going through this we already we already know that where there are potential issues or there's concerns because we we've been through this and so many times have seen so many different ones it, it's it's you know we're experts at it that's what we do right and and have and, and having that conversation um it, it's it really bears out a lot of things and and you come out better on the other side if you really want to address these things you will come out better on the other side and a lot of times, like when people have looked at this and I've gone through it with them, it's like, okay, I understand. I understand my family dynamics, my income, my taxes, my savings rate, my debt structure, my lifestyle, where my assets are. You know, I'm going to have to put two kids, three kids, four kids, eight kids through college. But with all this information, what do I do? More importantly, what do I do first? You know, yeah, that's we, the thing that right, I've come we, to in the last couple of days. It just kind of struck me as I never looked at it. It's like, okay, I got all this information. What do I do? And that's where having it with us is sometimes better than having it with somebody that doesn't know what to do. Well, and and we've had conversations with some very, you know, well-organized, well-structured um intelligent you know really on the game they've done you know their research but they're still missing nuances because it's not what they do every day it's the coordination it's understanding the dynamics between the where all the financial pressure is coming from and it's those dynamics Mm -hmm. that once you understand what is and where it's coming from now you can that organization of these, of all these components, and how you put it together, and how you reduce the pressure. Because the whole key is to reduce the pressure, and it's not just the financial pressure. What I find is that if when when shit hits the fan, um, this is not a PG podcast. I realize <laughs> when shit hits the fan, right? Is do I if I have everything in in the right place? I have all these backups and you know cash in the right place. I'm not as concerned as when the shit hits a fan and I, you know, oh my God, I don't have enough, right? That's where you get really stressed out. And, and the whole key is to provide that, that, you know, that confidence to ride through this. Because the, we all know 16 months from now, sooner or later, longer, I, I use 16 months as just an arbitrary date, things are going to be most likely a lot better. It's what I do right now that's gonna make a difference where I am. And I always, and you, you know, I, I've been talking about this, the, you know, and that's the long term of this is the next 15 years is the most important part of your entire financial life. Mm-hmm. If you're retiring, the first 15 years of retirement are, are the most important part. If you're building your business, the first 15 years, if you make it 15 years and you own your own business, it dictates your future. Like the next 15 years, 
is the most important. But the reality is right now, it might be the next three months so I can get through this. Mm. Right. And it's how do I how do I survive through this? How do I reduce my pressure or put enough in place to get through this so that when when the bell rings, right, and it's safe to go out and make money again and we know, you know, where we stand, we know, you know, is the death rate, you know, reasonable and the infection rate and we can stop people from dying and all those wonderful things. Can I, you know, am I ready to take advantage of this? And I always use the term, and I've said this in many of my podcasts and many of my, of my things is that my grandfather used to tell me as a little kid, I spent a lot of time with both of my grandparents. Um, but it was ready money is Aladdin's lamp. And I used to look at him like, why? <laughs> right. He goes, well, you, you know what Aladdin's g- genie lamp is. I'm like, yeah, I know what that is. And he goes, you have cash here in your pocket that you don't have to pay the mortgage with next week. That's ready money. That's available money to take advantage of any opportunity that you see. You know, if you don't have that ready money, you're going to be like, and he said this to me, he goes, you're going to be like every other schmuck. You're going to see the opportunity, have no resources, and just watch it walk by you. Gonna, and it's funny. Shitload of regret. You're going to have a shitload of regret. And he said that. I don't know if he said it's, shitload, but I'm saying it now. I, but I remember it that way. You're going to have a ton of regret. So, and as we walk through this document, you know, and we're walking through the, the principles, you know, in, in the way that we do, it becomes very evident to the people that go through the process. They see it. They see where, you know, they see where their potential issues are. They know it. And there's some other things that they don't. So there's other things that they don't know. And they because, you know, they just don't see it. And that's, that's the reason why you're, we're having the conversation. But the, the part of where you're talking about ready money is Aladdin's lamp. There's, I don't know how many times I've had, I had the clients, you know, they've done a really good job and they have that liquid cash available. And they're like, oh yeah, you know, it's sitting in a savings account. And the it's, bank making nothing. Called. it's making nothing. Well, and that's besides the point, but the, you no, know, but if, but who the, cares? the bank is calling them the bank is calling them to get them to do something with the money. And it's, you know, some, and it's not put it into a CD, you know, it's, it's put it, talk it, to the financial advisor at the bank. Yeah, exactly. And I go, no, they're trying to take you down their rabbit hole, which is going to help them, but ultimately derail your plan. If something like what's happening right now is happening, you know, right. and, and it's that, they now you're in the rabbit hole and you've lost your liquidity and now you're like everybody else you can't take advantage of it because you don't have that backstop oh guess what either now i'm selling out whatever they got me into or now i'm taking a home equity line and that's another thing that they're getting to do and, and i'm paying more money to the to the, <laughs> to the institution right that financial transfer more money for myself right who's winning who's really winning and that's because you didn't want to hold on to cash i, I it's I I had somebody, you know, we had set up a plan. Just, you know, somebody I had somebody that set up a plan. They were young, they were gonna have a second baby. Person was gonna, you know, take some time off on the second baby, and you know, had a nice amount of cash. And 
you know, the uncle is an, you know, is an investor guy. And why do you have, why don't you have, why isn't that money working? Why, why does it make sense to have it at 1% sitting somewhere? You know, and he, he guilted them into investing. And I'm like, it was part of the plan. It was part of having the liquidity. So when you weren't working, you could burn some of that cash up. But we had a plan to burn up about 40,000 of it over the 18 months. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. You know, where's that money now? Okay, it's down in value. So it's, it's core values. Dynamics. All of these dynamics, you start thinking about the family, you start thinking about the income, you start thinking about the liquidity goals. You know, you and I have, you know, thinking about like taxes, right? For a second, there's so many new tax, you know, laws that are out. We have the Secure Act that came out December 23rd, which changed IRAs. And that requires, so much rethinking of planning. And now you have CARES Act, which is impacting and opening up loans and you know putting people into more traps. But when we start thinking about it, if you're a business owner or uh, you know somebody that works for a large corporation, the amount of taxes that are being paid that are leaking out, uh, there's so much opportunity to to save taxes, and most people aren't focused on it. And what I find is, you know, when you are working with your advisors, typically it's like what happened last year, what, what, rather than what am I doing right now that I can reduce my tax exposure, not only today, but going forward in every single year. And, you know, unfortunately, this financial pressure that we're dealing with now opens the opportunity to do some interesting things with potential Roth conversions and other related things because of income levels being lower. Um, Roth, you know, IR, RMDs being suspended for the year for everybody, required minimum distributions, that is, right? There's some very interesting things that if you take the time to think about it and figure out ways to reduce the taxes, and I, when I say reduce taxes, it's not, it's not necessarily this year, but is the strategy that I'm deploying and the strategy is defined by either a, you know, it's multiple financial products coming together. That's a strategy. Okay. Is, is the strategy that I'm deploying increasing my taxes or decreasing my taxes? And you want it to be decreasing taxes in the future. Most plans do the exact opposite. They're completely exposing more and more money to future taxation at an unknown rate and I don't know about you, but with all the government infusion and 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 PPP, I think taxes are going to go up. I, I, I would agree with you. Indeed. Just my opinion. <laughs> Trillions of dollars. So you know, it's funny, and and, and you know, we we talk about this leads to strategy, right? And if if you're into football, you know, you you know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, they got uh, Tom they Brady got now to be Tom their quarterback, right? You know, and oh, everybody's so excited, right? What made it even better? They brought Gronk back. And Gronk is now the player, right? So as you were saying, it's not like it's not one financial product. It's not one quarterback, right? I get a, I get different pieces to work better together. I, I, I potentially have a much better outcome, right? So. Right. Those guys are so gel. You take you take another three 
players from from the Patriots and you move them over to to the Bucks. Holy crap! Right. right, right. So I was just I was just thinking of that analogy when you were sitting there talking about it, like you know how we always talk about the coordinator strategy and and you know and then having multiple things going on. Well, that's you know they're they're they they're doing multiple things to try and be successful down there. So right, and this is like this conversation we've gone longer talking about it than we normally do. Yeah. You know, with the individual, but this is the depth that goes on and it's knowing the family, knowing the income, knowing where the taxes are. I mean, I'm never satisfied with my tax return. I always think we can get it done better. And I look back at, well, if I had made this move during the year, we could do that. Like tax loss harvesting in a portfolio. Uh, what a great opportunity we had right now to do it. We saw it in 18. We saw it, you know, you see it all, all the time. And if you're not proactively doing things like that in your financial strategy, you know, you're not doing that, but it's even the basics of, you know, strategy is not maximizing tax benefits. And it's the use of money and the efficient use of money that I think is the most important part of of the plan and you can't you can't make a recommendation without understanding the tax consequences of it and you can't under, and you can't you got to look at the big picture like the whole idea is to keep people in you know low tax brackets as you possibly can but sometimes it makes sense just simply to pay taxes because of where you are i mean think about the new tax law that Trump put out, um, when you start thinking about capital gains, if you're married, filing joint, and you have income below $80,000 adjusted gross income, the capital gain rate is 0%. People don't know that. Mm. So you could literally, you know, on a lot of clients, you could literally be taking gains where they believe they're in this 20% bracket. You're not getting to the 20% capital gain rate till 496,000 married filing joint, right? So right. it's like, uh, it might make sense to take some of those taxes and reposition it and put it somewhere else. I don't know, right? You have to go through that conversation, but that's the analysis. That's the depth of what's going on. And I, I, what I want to, what, what I kind of want to do is I want to, I want to run through the other components relatively quickly. And I kind of want to end it here and then come back and do another episode because there's a lot of content that we're talking about. And I think it's a really good idea to break it down. But like when you start talking about the nine principles, we got family, we got income, we got taxes, we've got savings. Savings rate is the most important part of any financial strategy because the relationships with it, you know, I have the, the new book coming out in uh, literally 15 days. It's your wealth. Keep it right. And one of the things that I do in the book is I talk about the saver and it's not about, it's all with the same rate of return, right? It doesn't matter what the rate of return is, but somebody saves, you know, 2%, 5%, 10%, 15% and 20% of their income the results are staggering, right? But the reality is we all talk about 
the distribution rates that are are relative, you know, that you need to take from your your portfolio when you retire. We all know that the distribution rate comes down to it. Well, the undersaver, the person who can't save enough money, always has to ha- always has to take a higher distribution rate from his from his portfolio or her portfolio in retirement because you're because you've been training yourself for that way. So the key that as we go through these things, understanding the savings, understanding where the savings comes from, understanding how much flexibility do you have in the savings rate. And, you know, in this moment, when you start thinking about the dynamics of the income, if the income's breaking down, well, I can drop my savings temporarily if it's the right amount. And maybe that I don't have to change the lifestyle. But if the savings rate's low, guess what? This lifestyle's high, you know? So I think it's I think it's really, really important. Then, you know, debts right now, what an opportunity. Interest rates are 40-year uh, lows, right? 40, 45-year lows? The lowest yeah, the t- it's ever been. I remember when we, in February, the 10-year hit 1.31. That was the lowest it ever has been. Um, it's it hit 0.5 it's or lower. It's at 0.6 right now. Um, what a great, great, great time to rethink your debt structure and get these rates locked in at lower, lower rates. But it's this it's this component of of income ta- minus taxes minus the savings rate minus the debt structure should equal lifestyle, right? It's a lot, if there's credit card debt, maybe it doesn't. But this is the point where getting this control over where we are and measuring everything is going to lead to that success. And then, you know, how are your assets structured? Do you have savings? Do you have enough savings? Is there enough liquid opportunity fund? Is there enough structured in retirement? Is there enough in real estate and business? Are we overweight anywhere? And then you got the future outflows. I mean, future inflows, future outflows, colleges. I'm having that conversation right right now, right? How much how much conversation have you had with people in the last 30 days about Sally's going off to college? What should I do? Yeah. I mean, the you know, I was talking to my youngest son last night. He's like, if if the fall is gonna be online classes, I, I don't want to do that. I want to take a gap year. Um, I was like, really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, but what, what's interesting about that is, is he said he, he just can't, he, he gets so much from being in the classroom and that the way he learns from the interaction with the instructors and everybody, that's where he gets his benefit from. He's not getting the same value in an online Education is like, should I pay that much for an online education? Um, uh, it's like, I like this conversation. I like where this is going. Um, but it's, you know, so, you know, it's the, and then it's the defense. How well have we protected? This is an unbelievable opportunity right now to get all that, the, the umbrellas, the long-term care, the disability insurance, the life insurance, the wills, getting all that organized in the way that's right for you is what we're focused on. So, um, you know, the guide is something that's available. If you're listening to the podcast, the, the 
um, guide to financial pressure is available for download. There's a link on the podcast. It's on our homepage, smallwoodwealth.com. Um, it's an email download, so you can grab it. Um, just have to give us your name, email address, and cell phone number, so we make sure that we're not some bot um, that we're giving it out to. Um, but what one of the things that that I want to encourage everybody to do is to think through this conversation, think through the value of the conversation, and then having this type of conversation on a regular basis with a group of people that you that you find you know value in, and how valuable it would be to do that over the next three months, six months, two years, five years, ten years, right? How different could your plan be moving forward by making these really good? Because the conversation leads to action, right? You know, good conversation. I, I, is it Charles Deming that they talk about? Um, who was a wonderful strategist? I think he talks about, you know, ninety percent of solving a problem is understanding what the problem is. You know, most people, you know, it's like fire, aim, ready, as opposed to ready, aim, fire. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm excited about getting the conversation out. I'm excited about the conversations I've been having with so many people. Um, it's, you know, I, I'm really, I'm scared about the future, but I'm really excited that technology and everything is going to be fantastic. Um, Great. And, and going to go forward. So, um, really good today. Any any conver any closing words before we end this? No, I just uh, you, you summarized it pretty well. Like, um, you know, the conversation, the conversations are are even more not not. I hate to say it, are even more important. Like, things change, and so this conversation keeps coming up. Um, we all know change is part of life. Uh, and if, if you don't get comfortable with it, because it is, um, I wasn't a big change person. Uh, I'm very comfortable with it now because I understand that everything changes. So when things are starting to change, like you said, you know, all of a sudden mom's moving in with you now, and that's a different expense, whatever. Things are happening, whether in your plan. So, you know, revisiting this conversation with our existing clients is always, you know, we don't necessarily have to use this form. We've kind of know them already, but it's the same thing. It's the same conversation. So, and the form um, is really a guide for, for people to kind of walk through. It's, it's a thinking tool is really what it comes down yeah. to. And right. it, it allows so, us to kind of stay on track also too. I, I think that's really yeah. the important side of it. And when people have been working with us, they kind of know, they can they know us so they know we're kind of walking through these different these different uh principles and different we called sectors so um no besides that you know i think uh things will be different uh i'm optimistic that you know i i don't live i live life in faith and not fear so i gotta believe that so yeah yeah i would agree too so a couple things i want to close with um on the website, um, we have buttons that are available to basically link to our schedules to create what we call a wealth curve conversation. I invite you to take advantage of that. It's free, no obligation. Um, 
we have the download for this. We have a, uh, an opportunity to request a uh, free copy of our Five Ways Your Wealth Under Attack book. Uh, we will be putting out the, the book, um, the It's Your Wealth, Keep It, sometime May, early June. That'll be out. That'll be available. Um, we have a weekly webinar. You can subscribe to our newsletter, which is a print and email newsletter. They're separate emails. Uh, there's separate newsletters because there's enough content in there. Um, so there's a lot in the podcast. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please do so on your favorite listening podcast streaming area. Share the podcast with as many people as you possibly can. If you have an idea for the podcast, we want to hear it. Um, if you think we should interview somebody or talk to somebody, I'd uh, love to do that also. And again, we're here for you and we look forward to having a conversation with you about financial pressure. Thank you. Welcome to the end of the video. Smallwood Wealth Management is an investment advisor representative. The opinions expressed by Smallwood Wealth Management and guests on this show are their own. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice information presented for this educational purposes only. Moreover, no listener should assume that any discussions or information presented serves as a receipt of or substitute for personalized advice from Smallwood Wealth Management or from any other investment professional and is not intended as an offer of solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Smallwood Wealth Management is not a law firm or an accounting firm, and no portion of this presentation should be interpreted as legal, accounting, or tax advice. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as a recommendation appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax legal or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Thank you for listening.